This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Are we set for the College World Series now? It was 64, then 16. Now we're down to eight, and uh, the no uh, no change atop the leaderboard as far as the uh, futures to win it all. Wake Forest, the number one overall seed by the selection committee, number one uh, shortest price to win it all. When the field was announced a couple of weeks ago, Memorial Day, uh, in the field of 64. Wake Forest has obliterated the competition in both the regional and super regional round. And still, LSU is second choice. Wake Forest plus 225 right now, Bet Rivers. LSU is 3-1. to one. Florida plus 375. They showed that pitching depth coming out of the loser's bracket in Gainesville in the regional. And then a really, really good game. A couple of SEC Eastern teams. South Carolina, Florida game. Twice, Florida had to come back from a deficit. And it was just a well-played game. It may have taken a fight out of uh, the uh, uh, the Gamecocks in that one. TCU, they got a nice uh, card dealt their way. They blow out the, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks in Baum, where it's very difficult to do. We talked about TCU at 10-1 to 1 last week. Heck, we got we got on them at 18-1, to 1, but 10-1 to 1 they were available last week. We jumped on them. They're coming to Omaha, and they are at 7-1 to 1 right now. Co-fourth choice with the Virginia Wahoos. They've been impressive, especially after just falling by um, by a run. Ball uh, last out, hit to the wall against Duke. They lose that one, then they blow out the Blue Devils in games two and three to advance. Tennessee, that pitching depth was on display. How deep in the pitching staff when you could go on the road in a Super Regional and throw a shutout? They're at 8-1. to one. Stanford 10-1, to Oral Roberts, the longest shot, but they're not a typical 4C. They have a lot of... COVID extra year of eligibility, fourth and fifth year players. They are 23 and one their last 24. The only one they lost, the biggest blown lead in Super Regional history. Eight nothing, game one of the Super Regional. I full, uh, full transparency, I bet Oregon in both of the games. I thought that was a very difficult spot for a college baseball team to get off the mat. They did it. Charlie, what are you looking at at some value as far as the futures are concerned now that we have the field of eight set? Well, we're going to stay with TCU, Jimmy. Uh, the, uh, the the hottest team going right now, as far as if you go back to May 1st. Now, listen, all of these teams are hot. You can't get here without playing really good baseball over the last several weeks. So you're not looking at anybody that's limping into this thing like at the beginning of the tournament. But TCU, I think, draws the, the easiest early game. Uh, I absolutely love Cole Kleckler, the, uh, the the starter for them, the freshman lefty. Uh, excuse me, freshman righty has been fantastic for them. They're, the bats cooled off a little bit uh, in the Super Regional against Indiana State, but 
uh, they they are still, I think, in the best position uh, in the first game of this thing. Plus, you ride the hot bats. If you can get one more against either Virginia or Florida, you're set up uh, in pretty good shape. I think plus 700 is a really nice price here uh, for TCU. Uh, on the other side, if you're looking, you're looking for value, and I don't think this is necessarily the best team, but Tennessee uh, at plus 800. Now, look, this is a big if. If they can get by Paul Skeens and LSU in game one, the Vols may set up better than just about anybody in this tournament. Now, getting through Skeens is going to be a, a huge task. Almost nobody has this year. Arkansas got to him twice, one of those in the SEC tournament, but he's been dominant in this postseason. So that's a big ask. But if they can steal game one, uh, then they set themselves up probably with Trace Dolander uh, and uh, Drew Beam to start the, the next two games. They've got one of the best long closers in this field in Chase Burns. So if Tennessee can get game one, uh, they set up very nicely. So those are my two futures plays that I like. You know, way back when, around Valentine's Day, when college baseball started, the top two teams and the odds makers were LSU and Tennessee, which meet there. Um, now, Tennessee was not a national seed. They were not even a host. They had to go win that classic game, and you and I sat together and watched that Clemson-Tennessee game, and it was, a, it was a classic. It was a classic, but one that Tennessee was quite fortunate. But they've made the most of it uh, since they have moved on. They also fell behind 4 nothing uh, in the second game, their elimination game. Uh, so they have uh, fought off a couple of elimination games. But what they did on Monday after the long weather delay down in Hattiesburg, LSU just can't do. And I know some things had to fall their way maybe to have their their pitching could have been stretched out a little bit more, you know, thinner. But to throw a I, – I don't know how many teams could do it. Their pitching depth is just something that we don't see a whole lot in college baseball. And the, the, the other thing is, Jimmy, that everybody's going to talk about Dolander as, as the lead guy here because he's going to be a top ten pick in the draft. Wow. He's he has not pitched the best of this on this roster. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if it, over the last month he's been even the second or third best pitcher on this roster. They made a change early April from Dolander in the Friday night spot to the Saturday spot and inserted Andrew Lindsay. Lindsay's ERA in SEC play is a full two plus runs better than Dolander's. Dolander pitched good against Southern Miss. He kind of fought through it for eight innings and four runs. The two outings before that were just kind of so-so. On the other hand, Lindsey's been very good, and Drew Beam was outstanding uh, the other night against Southern Miss. He, you know, he was flashing triple digits. And then Chase Burns, the closer, is not a classic closer as, as a short guy. He's a former starter. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was a starter. So going to him for four, even five innings of relief is no stretch, and he'll be a first-round pick uh, next year. So they they are really set up, and Dolander is good enough to go out in any outing um, and punch out 12 and give you six or seven really strong innings. Uh, he's got that in him. So the, Tennessee is a very dangerous team, uh, in my opinion. Kind of something about their athletic department, huh? I mean, after uh, the – I mean, they were the best. They were Wake Forest a year ago and then some because they did it in a better league. And, uh, and listen, the ACC is the number two RPI league in college baseball this year, but it is a big drop-off. They're usually closer to the SEC than what they are this year as far as the metrics are concerned. Uh, and sometimes some of that pressure is off. 
after they dropped two of three at home last year to Notre Dame. But uh, but with, you know with, with, with all with all of that, Jimmy, the, the the thing is they got the worst draw they could get. They got to they got to face Paul Skeens in the first game, and he's the best pitcher in college baseball. Yes, and if, if they were anywhere else, I'd back them stronger. But the, the odds of them going into the loser's bracket because they face Skeens are greater than any other pitcher in, that they would have faced. And Skeens, uh, there is <laughs> – that's a big drop-off from the number one be- uh, pitcher in the college baseball to number two. I mean, he has just been f- fabulous and consistent. I mean, it's been unbelievable. So, uh, yet to um, – he gave up a couple of runs uh, against Tulane. He pitched a shutout. Uh, against uh, Kentucky, so the uh, minus one ninety five, maybe search for a little bit of a, a a run total. Be careful in this park because um, Charles Schwab Field definitely plays bigger, more pitching friendly, certainly than where Tennessee plays their home games, where LSU plays their home games, and Wake Forest plays their home. Virginia uh, as well, Stanford uh, also. So. All of those teams. All right, let's go in chronological order. Let's look at the sort of the wild card uh, round, uh, TCU and Oral Roberts. You talked about TCU being hot. Oral Roberts is not your typical number four seed. This is kind of a high line at 180 against Oral Roberts on the first game Friday at 1 p.m. Central. Yeah, you know, they they dominated a bad league uh, in the Summit League. The, all of their numbers are superlative because of what they went through in that league. I was really impressed, as you were, that they were able to come back from that loss. Losing an eight-run lead, usually that will do a team in. Not only did they come back, they walked it off uh, in the second game. And then in the third game, they won. You know, it was a road game for them at Oregon. They also beat, uh, you know, it was two close games, I thought, in the in the regional round. They got by Oklahoma State in the first game. They survived a slugfest against Washington in the second game and then beat Dallas Baptist as a good team by one run. Jimmy, if you're in the run differential in this uh, in this postseason, Oral Roberts is by far, by far the smallest at plus 11. Yeah. So they've won all of their 50-50 games here, and I think it catches up with them. Um, I, I assume that uh, TCU is going to throw uh, Clockler. Uh, he's been fantastic all year. Uh, the whip is around one. Uh, and TCU, like I said, they're not swinging as hot of bats as they were in the regional round, the super regional round, but this is still uh, a team that can drive the ball out of the park. They're, you know, 88 home runs, right at a 300 uh, team batting average, 299. So there's not a lot not to like about TCU. And there's still a little bit of that pedigree. Uh, I know that we're, we're talking about a new coach from the Jim Schlossnagel era, but TCU as a program uh, has been in this spot before. Uh, so I, I, I think that, Oral Roberts, it's a great story. It's a great run, but I really like TCU in game one. Um, and uh, it, look, they're going to th- throw their starters because the earlier th- you throw your ace, I'm sorry, your ace, the earlier throw your ace, the quicker you can get him back. Bring him back, okay? yeah. So this is this is not going to be a whole lot of strategy and gamesmanship uh, by these coaches. Uh, in this, Even going against schemes. And Dolander is not their number one right now. He's going to throw the kid who's been throwing their Friday night starter, their number one in Super Regional the whole bit. So, all right, Florida and Virginia, these two teams are evenly matched according to the odds makers. Bet Rivers, Florida, a slight 120 favorite over the Virginia Wahoos. This is a straight coin flip game, Jimmy. I, I will say one thing about both of these teams. 
they're uh, both as equipped as anybody in this field to come out of the loser's bracket. So whoever loses this game, don't count them out. And I say that because Florida has had the same three guys start every game in the the, the, the regular season and the postseason. Their first three starters, uh, you know, uh, Caglione, Waldrop, and Sprout, they've thrown every game. And that's really hard to do. Virginia's done them one better. Jimmy, four guys, their three weekend starters and their one midweek starter have started every game but five over the course of a 65-game season now. That's unbelievable. So both of these teams had the pitching depth to come out. They both played great in the regional and super regional rounds. They both lost one one-run game. The offensive numbers are very, very similar. Florida's got a little bit more power, but Virginia, uh, you know, gets on base a little bit better, moves right. around a little bit better. Th- this is a straight coin flip game in game one uh, to me, and I think it's the best matchup of the first round. Yeah, watching them during the season and, and more importantly in the postseason, I think Florida is more of the big bangers. You know, maybe the, uh, the it comes uh, – They've got some guys that can hit it out in Charles Schwab Field, even with those dimensions. Florida a little bit more consistent with their approach. Uh, they they get on base more. They hit it for a higher batting average with Florida uh, with the uh, the big home run power. So um, Virginia maybe at a short price here, maybe a little bit more consistent at that. Maybe this team plays to this park a little bit more than the Florida Gators. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Florida's out homered them by almost forty, I think it is uh, one twenty one twenty eight to eighty two. So um, you know it's a it's a significant gap. But Virginia's team batting average is some uh, thirty six points or so ahead of what uh, ahead of what Florida's is. Um, Florida's also got a very good bullpen, but so does Virginia. I I would take whatever juice was in my favor if you're going to play this game because, like I said, I think it's a straight coin flip. If you're getting a little bit better juice with uh, with Virginia, I'd go that way. If it was the other way, I'd take Florida. All right, uh, let's go to Saturday now. The early game at 1 o'clock will be the number one seed. The odds on favorite, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They have obliterated the competition in regional and super regional play, but they have not been on the big stage in Omaha since 1955 when they won it all. Stanford, on the other hand, this is their third straight trip. Also, low pressure, no problem. Five elimination games in the regional and the super regional, including a one-run win against Cal State Fullerton just to get them off the mat. That was a, a great uh, super regional between themselves in Texas. Or you can make the argument that Stanford should have swept them. Because a 5-2 lead in game one, boy, you don't walk. That's the worst thing you do. Walk, walk, walk. The bases load, and the center fielder drops a routine fly ball to start, to uh, help the uh, Longhorns get five in the top of the ninth and steal it in game one. Wake Forest minus 210, plus 155 on the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, this is my favorite play of the opening round, and – you're going to have to take a little bit of a leap of faith. If you look at the numbers, they favor Wake pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, the, the the big amount of home runs. They've got the best fielding percentage uh, in this field. And Rhett Lauder uh, has had the best year for anybody not named Paul Skeens. Uh, you know, he's 15-0. and 0. He's got an ERA under two. He's got 131 strikeouts in 109 innings. But, Jimmy, I'm going to go with something that we have watched play out in Omaha for many years through two stadiums. 
The team that's been there before has just a big, big advantage over the team that has it. And Stanford has been there the last two years. So it's not just program. It's these actual kids have been there the last two years. And I think that, you know, yeah, they got a little bit fortuitous in that super regional, but they're a good club. They do a lot of things well. And I think the question mark is for Stanford, do you bring Quinn Matthews in the first game? And here's why I'm saying, because I agree with you, every team's going to run their ace out there in the hopes of getting them back. But Quinn Matthews, uh, the lefty who played, uh, who started for Stanford as their best pitcher on Sunday through 158 pitches. And even for college baseball, that, you know, that in the postseason, that's a monster, monster outing. And so just by necessity, they may want to get him two extra days of rest. So I'm not 100% sure that we're going to see Matthews in the opener. But I'm taking Stanford here on the experience factor. They're not the better team on paper. This is more of a situational play. And look, uh, louder as, appo- according to, uh, as opposed to Skeens. Skeens is this big, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I mean, full-figure kid. I mean, he's he's a big guy up there. He was never going to fit in, a, in an Air Force plane when he transferred from Air Force. It Not a fighter jet, no. <laughs> it comes from, comes from a military family. It's in his blood. He still wants to do it after his baseball career is over. But And it's also a smooth type of uh, delivery. We usually talk about crafty lefties. So And he's hitting triple digits consistently. Louder's not that guy. He's not that guy. He's not that big. He's got the long hair. His, his hair is bigger than his body. Now, he is a precision pitcher. But it's not like Stanford can't. They got some decent-looking kids uh, on their puppet. They've been here before. And course familiar- familiarity is a big deal. Uh, in every, everything's different. Everything's different. So, uh, Stanford being there uh, a little bit more under the same coach in SK. Uh, is a big deal. I think that's. I think it's a much closer to a toss-up game than what the odds makers look. There's no Wake Forest on paper should be this price. You go into that place, it's a different ball game. I'm looking for a competitive game. They might they might not win, but they're going to be in the game at a big uh, a big price uh, coming back. And in Skeens, Charlie, I'm I'm just going to put Skeens. And tie him up with something. I don't want to lay a dollar ninety-five. I do not want to lay runs in this park, especially being the home team uh, as a higher seed here, um, where runs are very tough. But I, it's just going to be very tough for Tennessee to hit this guy in this park. This um, uh, this LSU team. I don't know a leader in the U.S. Open coming down a stretch, whatever it is. And how about this? Fifteen hundred is the average ticket price for this LSU Tennessee game. I can't I can remember ticket prices being like that on some of the uh, secondary market sites. Yeah, it's by far the, the toughest ticket for the first round games. Jimmy, we watched um I was at the game when Dolander faced Skeens at Alec Box uh in in April and Skeens really did dominate uh, the the Tennessee lineup. It was a close game, uh but Skeens was fantastic. He he, he hasn't had what I would call a bad outing all year. Um, the Southeastern Conference Tournament, which they certainly didn't emphasize, was his shortest outing, but that was in the hopes of resting him for the postseason, which is exactly what it turned out. Why LSU is, is a real, real threat to win this thing is that what Skeens has done in the postseason is allowed 
LSU to have everybody else available for everything else. He threw a complete game in the regional opener. He threw seven and two-thirds innings in the super regional opener. He left with a double-digit lead, could have finished that game as well if needed. So it gives Jay Johnson all of these options after game one. LSU swinging it well. Uh, like several of the teams in this tournament, Wake Forest especially, uh, and, and Florida as well, you wonder how much Homer Happy is going to hurt them. Uh, they rode a lot of dingers in the regional and super regional. Alec Box is a hitter's park, in, especially at this time of year. So you wonder if, um, you know, like what happened to him in 13, some balls went to the warning track to die that would have been way out of their home stadium. But if, uh, if LSU can get the kind of outing out of schemes that they expect, then they set up with what has become over the last month a much deeper bullpen, uh, a lot of left-handed options out of that bullpen, and LSU's a real threat to win it all. I didn't, I didn't pick them in our value section because I think their price is too low at plus 300. But they make no mistake, they are a very, very strong threat to win the whole thing. All right. But uh, LSU breaking their longest drought since they made their first trip back in 1986. Uh, so they, uh, you know, one was a COVID year. But uh, Jay Johnson uh, in his second year has the Tigers back in Omaha. Only two and he's been eight- there twice. He's been there twice with Arizona, Jimmy. So we're yeah. talking this team doesn't have college World Series experience except Riley Cooper we brought from Arizona. But Johnson went twice in his five years with the Wildcats. Only two have rings of these eight coaches, and that is the second game. They're matched up, Florida, Virginia, uh, O'Sullivan, and O'Connor. So uh, that is uh, that is it. So, again, uh, Charlie with a little love. We gave them last week at a better price, but TCU still at this number is a little bit of value, and Tennessee uh, at 8-1 to one in the futures, and there are your individual game picks as well. We'll be live in Omaha next week, so we'll have – uh, some uh, individual follow us on Twitter uh, as well uh, at Jimmy Ott one zero four five because those flags are important if that uh, if that wind is blowing in or out off of the uh, downtown Missouri River. For Charles Hanegraaff, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.